Hey. Okay, we're going to do the live version here on Facebook Live. Everyone that's listening, you ready? Yes. And it's Joanna, right? Joanna. Great. And your last name again? Shakti. Shakti. Okay, here we go. Hey everyone listening and watching the Alter Perform show, the show about performing your best in business and life. Today I have Joanna Shakti on air with us. Say hello. Hello. How are you? And she's full of energy. I noticed that right away. She's like she's like a beaming light. She's like, hey. Even if I say something dumb, she's like, oh, let me explain that to you. <laughs> I always get to talk with our guests before we go on. And sometimes you might see me, um, everyone and Joanna, you might see me kind of do this like I'm not paying attention. But I'm really just working and building on the show because I'm producing this. And sometimes you'll see things come on like this. And uh, it looks like I'm not paying attention, but I'm really paying attention, just so you know. I've never said that before, but I noticed I probably should. So people don't th look like, hey, what are you doing? There's a guest on your show. So, Joanna, tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay. I am, I refer to myself as a love mentor. And what does that mean? What it really means is that there's a love that is so powerful that we have so much confusion about. And it relates not just to our romance and our sexuality, but it also relates to how we do life. And so really waking up that soul love within us so that we can have soul-to-soul -soul relationships hmm. and a lot of ecstasy. A lot of ecstasy. Now, what do you mean by that? Pleasure, joy, happiness, like the juice of life that... So many of us feel like we're missing out on. Great. What What do you think is maybe the key thing that's missing from relationships? Like my, I have a friend that's not married, and he'll see married people. Right? Huh? I'm just I'm generalizing here, right? Not all married people are like this, but he'll see a group of married people. They're quiet, and they look kind of like this. And he's like, I don't want to be like that. I don't want to be like that. I want to. I want to live and have a great relationship and whatnot. What What do you think does that? Why do people? He calls it dying. They die inside of marriage. Yes, I totally get what you're talking about, and it's long-term relationship and marriage. And there are two really key things that I say that really create that roommate zone, that friend zone, that dying on the vine of a relationship. And one of them is that we don't deal with conflict. The things that upset us, we try to be the nice guy, the nice girl. We sweep it under the rug. I don't want to be the bad guy. I, okay, all right, let's, how quickly can we get over this? If she gets too pissed, she's going to leave. I don't want him to be mad at me. Mm. You know, I want to make sure I get started. You know, all these reasons that we basically try to stuff conflict under the rug. Yeah, it's true. And, I, I never really... I never really think of it from a woman's perspective that way. 
because the guys always talk about, I don't want to piss her off because then there's all these circumstances, right? Yep. They're like, yep. I don't want to piss her off, and they placate them, and then they end up in a divorce because they're not happy. Exactly, because they've sold themselves out. So mm-hmm. there's a, a therapist that wrote after 40 years of, of couples work, the number one reason long-term relationships fail, mm-hmm. self-abandonment. Self. Abandonment. Huh. Yes. Interesting. Because we sell ourselves out. Okay, whatever's going to make you happy, and then we're resentful, we're pissed off, and we don't want to make love, and we don't want to connect, and we don't want to talk, and the pile just gets bigger and bigger. Am I in love anymore? Do I want to make love? No. <laughs> and so we got to clear that out. Yeah. So that's that's the one of the biggest reasons. And then. The, the second reason is really what I would say is, and this is definitely true in most heterosexual relationships, and it's quite true in, in many same-sex relationships, but the polarity difference between masculine energy and feminine energy, and they create a spark. And what our culture has done is numb out those two energies, mm. try to make them the same. Everybody's equal. Everybody does the same thing. We have no spark left. Mm. Nobody's hot. We yeah, don't get yeah, that, yeah, that yeah. Chemistry oh, but we love it. Like, yeah, like I was, yeah. Tell, like I was telling you before. Well, I said we love it being a man. We love it when a woman's in there feminine, uh, like that. It's it's so sexy, so sexy, right? Um, but you were saying like I I was maybe I won't say it again, but well I'll say it. I want like a powerful woman that knows her place. <laughs> But what I really what I really mean now that we've talked further, I want a powerful woman in the feminine so I can be powerful in my masculine. It doesn't mean being yeah. a dick, it's just being masculine, right? Yeah. Yeah. So for most heterosexual relationships, most women are feminine. Not all, but most. Most men are masculine. Again, sometimes it can be reversed, sometimes it's neutral, mm-hmm. but the vast majority, particularly in heterosexual relationships. So yes. You want to be empowered in your masculine. Women, although a lot of women are confused about this, really want to be in their feminine. They really go, oh, I wish somebody would just take care of me for once. I wish I could just relax. God, I would love it if he would plan the date and take me out to dinner. And yet we fight through lots of societal conditioning. Men fight to try to be nicer. Don't be the asshole. Don't be the jerk. Mm-hmm. And she's fighting to show how powerful she is. Yes. Yeah. She's unhappy and he's unhappy. Yep. And yeah. so it is really, yeah, by degree, I'm an electrical engineer with an MBA. I was working in oil and gas and high tech. Good old boys, Houston, Texas, 90. And boring, like really boring guys, right? Boring. My friend, my friend Arturo is an engineer, and he's like, I've always like, you're an engineer, and that's one of the reasons why he left it. I, I not I don't think he'll mind me saying this. That's one of the reasons why he left it. He does mortgages now, but he's like, I'd see him out with his friend. He'd drag him out, and I'm like, he was like, he was pushing all the effort to be social with them to get them to live because he cares about people, and he was just like, I can't do this anymore at work. Off work, he's like, ah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what, you know, we, so I was drive, drive, drive. I'm going to compete. I'm going to outmaneuver the men. And uh, I ended up divorced not long after that mm. and pretty darn unhappy because I'm like, Sorry yeah, I'm that. trying to do something that I don't really want. Yeah. 
So um, you're talking about nice guys don't have to finish last. What? Uh, why? Why? Why that topic? What does that mean? You know, when I say that, the the nice guy gets a really bad rap these days because he ends up in the friend zone most of the time, mm-hmm. and that's whether it's in marriage or whether it's in dating. And it's like, why do the women keep saying, "Yeah, I want to hang out with you, but let's just hang out as friends"? And so, too often that finish last is he's tried and tried and tried to make her happy. And then she ends up wanting to leave anyway. And he's resentful and pissed off because he set himself aside all this time to try to make her happy. And he doesn't have that masculine all-say potency that you were talking about. Mm -hmm. It's like when a man stands tall in who he is and, like, he knows what he's going for. I understand straight when you say that. Well, and I ask these women, is that man hot? And they all go, yeah. yeah. And, then I, and then I say, okay, that same man that stands tall, knows who he is, what he's up to in the world. Then he opens his heart, and they're like, oh, my God. That's so sexy. But what happens is men collapse in that energy, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's where it's not sexy. So yeah. getting one of my passions is to watch men come back into that power, not to be a jerk. Not to overpower and dominate, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but to hold that space where she can relax and melt and go, oh, my God, he's so hot. And it has <laughs> nothing to do with his shape of his body. It's everything to do with how he's showing up. Interesting. So the name of your company, company is Ecstasy Intimacy. Is that right? Yeah. Ecstatic. Ecstatic Intimacy. Ecstatic intimacy. Yeah. You, you think English is my second language sometimes. <laughs> It is, it is actually, but I was born here. My parents always spoke to me in Arabic, and uh, I I switched. But I noticed sometimes I'm like, "What's wrong with you? Speak English." <laughs> so why why did you choose that name? What does that mean? What that really means is that we're all hungry for connection. We all want that heart to heart connection. We want to be seen, and more than anything, it's like we want to be loved for who we are. We're tired of putting on the show, but we do it. And so the ecstatic intimacy really happens when we're being totally authentic. We're being ourselves. I actually call the precursor to ecstatic intimacy, ecstatic authenticity. Mm. Like we love being who we are so much that we never want to be anybody but ourselves. Mm. And we never want to twist ourselves into a pretzel, settle or sell ourselves out for anybody or anything. And when we can be loved for exactly who we are with our beauty and our mess, I'll call it, our perfection and our imperfection, our light and our dark, all of that, like when we know we can be loved for that, now love's really available. And that's where the ecstatic intimacy comes in. Mm-hmm. Like I can share with you all of who I am and my secrets and you can share you because we've created a space of trust and intimacy where we love being who we are. And we don't fall in love with somebody's accomplishments. We fall in love with their humanness. Yeah. And yeah. so that's the intimacy that now starts to feel so good. And we connect body to body and heart to heart and soul to soul. And it gets better and better, as opposed to the marriages you talked about earlier that drill themselves down into the ground. Mm-hmm. Which are the most of the ones we we see. I mean, you don't see them. 
happy. There's a, you know, what, I, what I've noticed is sometimes is that, but at least I've noticed it, and I, I hate admitting this about myself, but I complain when I'm not in a relationship, and I complain when I'm in a relationship. <laughs> you know, there's like, I, it, it depends on the relationship, but there's complaints in it and complaints on it. And so I've learned like, hey, it's just what we do. Sometimes it's just what we do. Do you, do you help people not get stuck into that rut of complaint? Like, oh, he doesn't take the garbage out. Things that don't matter. Well, things that don't matter so that you don't get stuck in the complaint, but also how to deal with the, with the challenges and the differences, one, early on in the relationship, or if you've been married for decades, how to go back and clean it up. Because the truth is men and women are really different. Again, talking heterosexual relationships. We have different needs, we have different wants, we communicate differently, we have different turn-ons. And so if we don't talk about this stuff, it's going to, I don't care how good the relationship is, it's going to create conflict. Mm. So how do we deal with the challenges when they come up so they don't get stuffed under the rug, they're done, we come back to connection, until we understand that we're literally John Gray years ago knew something when he wrote Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. Like we do two different languages and so another part of that is learning to hear each other like I love when men are super focused and it's like they don't even see me in the room for example a woman might say he's so focused on the computer or reading or whatever Mm -hmm. it is he can't hear me he's not doing what he said but what I say to those same women is yeah but when he turns that attention completely onto you how much do you love it Mm -hmm. like well yeah so we've got to appreciate both sides. And when we can stop complaining that he's got complete attention on <laughs> TV or the computer yeah. and realize that that's actually a gift that we love at other times, it starts to shift what used to be a complaint that we now we can actually celebrate. Mm-hmm. So that's a huge part of what I do too, is that whole male-female dynamic. So why can't someone just know this and get this, hear this once? And get it. Why do we why do we need someone like you to tell us? Yeah, well, how often have we been completely frustrated? I'll ask you with women. How often have you been all the time? Why the fat? <laughs> I've accepted it. We we I'm not gonna say it, but we we as men, you know, the common talk, men talk, and I, I call I kind of see myself as like I'm I'm not in the same talk, but similar, right? Because I, I get in the talk, I'm like, okay, well, that's how it is. Let's move on. But there's a common occurrence for us that it's how it is, and there's a lot to complain about, but we like women, so deal with it. Absolutely. And so, yeah, there is that common talk. There's the common frustration. Mm-hmm. But there's so many different ways. Like, if I just took sex and communication, I could probably come up with 75 differences between men and women. And we don't see them. Just language patterns alone can be crazy different, and we don't understand. And so it really takes practice. And nobody teaches this. Mm -hmm. One, that we're different. Two, how to deal with a conflict or how to share our needs because a lot of us have been conditioned to set ourselves aside. Yeah. But if we keep setting ourselves aside in relationship, we're going to destroy the relationship. Mm-hmm. When we think we're bringing ourselves closer together, we're actually creating more separation. So why do we need somebody that works with us on this stuff? Because there's so many darn different ways that we screw up relationships. 
And there's never been, you know, school would be good to have communication courses and mm. love and relating. How do we relate? How do we deal with conflict? So that I know that I'm still learning and I've been studying this stuff for 20 years. Wow, 20 years. So I, so I, and I have this, uh, I say, uh, in, in school, I wish they taught us the two most important things, money and relationships. And I mean yep. relationships like our relationship, interpersonal relationships, family relationships, how to have those. Cause those are the, when you, what I realize is when you're, when you're in your teenage years, you have all the answers and you do. Because you think everything's black and white. But when you get out in the world, you realize, oh, I have to deal with people on all these different levels. And, they're de- and I'm people, too. You're all people. Yep. You, have to deal with your yep. own, you have to deal with your own stuff, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's the thing. It's, so if we just had the foundation of interpersonal relationships and all we had to do was add on the incremental romantic side of it, mm-hmm. that would be so much better. But we've, we're starting from ground zero. And, oh, by the way, when we start talking romantic relationships and we add sexuality and all the conditioning and all of the, the societal stuff that's going on, sex is a whole other topic when so, it comes to relating that, that brings up most a, people don't talk about. That brings up a good point. Uh, what is going on? All the stuff, the sexual, uh, what did you say? All that stuff that's going on. What is going <laughs> on? You know, with the whole Me Too movement, mm-hmm. there's there's so many elements to it. And thank God that the what has been in the shadows and in the dark has finally come up into the light so that we can talk about it, we can have a conversation. And my opinion is there are two aspects to this. Women, you know, how many times I didn't stand up for myself. Mm-hmm. And that's part of what that movement yes, is. Please, then, yes, please. So there is a, an aspect of I wanted to be liked, so I said yes to that. That's that's mine to own. And then there is the other side of it, which is what we've seen predominantly. And again, thank God, where that that perpetration, if you will, of taking sexual advantage of women, although the sexual advantage of men as well is rampant. Really, and so. It, oh, the, the number, if we really look, and Me Too has predominantly been focused on women mm-hmm. and what's happened with them in terms of abuse, but there are tons and tons and tons of men mm. that have been sexually abused. And so, you know, the biggest conversation and the biggest blessing in the conversation right now is to bring this out into the light and start to heal this dynamic. But it takes really starting to see each other as sacred and ourselves as sacred and start to transform this into something that has us relate consciously and truthfully without domination, overpowering, objectification, Mm. righteousness of what we should or shouldn't have and come back to the truth of we're human beings who innately want and need to be treated with sacredness, with honor, with respect. Mm-hmm. And that goes every direction. And it starts with the self-respect that we have for ourselves. Yeah. That's great. It's really good. 
What would you say, like, uh, maybe a few things that would add value to people out there that are in relationships? What could they do now to benefit the relationship, to have a better relationship? Probably the number one thing that comes up is to start getting honest about what's not working, Hmm. where we're unhappy, because we keep stuffing that under the rug. I, yeah, this isn't working, but I don't know how to talk about it. Or if I talk about it, she's going to be pissed. Yeah. Or, it's, or I'm going to have to face something I did that I know hurt him or her. And we don't want to talk about our own stuff, let alone upset somebody else. But this not talking about things, that lack of communication destroys love. Hmm. It destroys love. And if we care about these relationships, now, there are some relationships that got started for all the wrong reasons. You know, I can't tell you the number of couples that I, you know, I hear, you know, I never really loved them in the first place. No, or I, it was yet. Just, just friends and, I hear that all the time, too. It's like, why yeah. did you get married? Why? <laughs> and so in those cases, it's coming back to what's the truth? Because is this marriage really serving mm-hmm. either one of you? But that's risky to say. But all of this, it's like honesty and communication. And when we start getting real with each other, then we can have ecstatic intimacy. But when we keep this stuff in the shadows and we don't tell the truth to ourselves and we don't tell the truth to each other, relationships are doomed. So start getting, and it's tough. And I would say, you know, if it feels tough, get help. Hmm. Get support. But the more we stuff things, the more we don't talk about it. You know, I've had people, couples come to an event, you know, it's like a two hour evening event. And I'll invite conversation between them. And they'll share at the end of the night, oh, my God, we've been married 20 years and we've never talked like this. Oh, that's great. So, yeah, it's great. But, like, let's start the conversation. Yeah, yeah. That's why I'll start it now, of course. Exactly. Because it's not going to end at that one conversation. And that's probably an important thing to point out. It's going to take some time and work and tact, right? Uh, yeah, don't just throw up on someone, you know. It, but it, uh, it takes an effort to have a relationship, to have a good one. Yeah, absolutely. And and it doesn't, you know, we get this imagination that it's going to be all work. And if we've ignored it, you know, it's like the garden. And a garden is really still a great metaphor for a relationship. If you ignore that garden for years, flower garden, vegetable garden doesn't matter. It's going to take some. You work. got some cleaning up to do. Yeah. But if you then maintain it, I got a couple weeds to pull here and I'm going to give this a little bit of water. But then it's beautiful or Mm. it's giving you all kinds of food and it's, you know, abundant in that. So we can have abundant, joyful, blissful, intimate, passionate relationships. Mm. But they do take the care and tending to have them thrive. That's great. That's great. Um, what do you think? I mean, what do you think about uh, what's going to happen next in relationships in the next few years? It's a great question. My prayer is that we come into really, truly authentic relating. Mm-hmm. And so if that is that we've hidden our sexual preferences or our gender preferences because we haven't felt safe to share those, Mm -hmm. then bringing those out. 
if it's a heterosexual man and woman who has felt like she, like I did, had to prove that women's movement and go get it and do it, and she sold herself out to do that, because mm. she's really got this tender, vulnerable side, come back and give yourself permission to have that. If he's been the nice guy because he had really lousy role models of what masculinity looked like, <laughs> he starts to discover his true power mm. as a man. And all of that is about coming home and knowing that we are amazing. No matter what our orientation, what our gender, what our relationship status is, but to come back to that place where we see who we are, we stand in our power, and we relate from that place Mm -hmm. as who we really are. And so authentic. Like, stop trying to be loved for the mask and the facade and who you pretend to be and who you want to think and be loved for who you really are. Well, that's beautiful. That is very beautiful. Sorry, some feedback there. What uh, you mentioned that you had something you wanted to give away to people. I didn't. I didn't yeah. notice what it was, but uh, maybe we could mention that now. Yeah, absolutely. And so I have um, a question for you before I share, because I have a couple of different things I could share. A question? No, give... don't turn the table. No, 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 no. No, I'm Can kidding. Them... I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Can we give them a link? Yeah, of course. Of course. Uh, okay. So the link, I'll put it on here. You know, like I said, I'll be doing stuff on the side here. And is, okay. it, is it the one that you sent us? Yes, it should be. Okay, yes. So it is what I'm offering. What I'd love for you guys to go out and download is the Ecstatic Intimacy Jumpstart Kit. And there are two versions, one for singles, one for couples. But it's going to invite you into this whole conversation. There's four parts in each kit. Part of it is the conversation around what is the conscious masculine? What is the conscious feminine? How do they relate? Some do's and don'ts for the bedroom. How some of these aspects of how do you have a passionate, lasting relationship? What are the keys to dating and relating that have you find that soulmate relationship? So those we're going to look from who you're being to how you're relating and how you're making love and touch on all of those pieces in that jumpstart kit. Do you uh, find that, is that the hardest thing for people to talk about is making love or is there things that are harder for them to talk about? You know, it's both. Oh, I say both. There's a lot of stuff. It has, yes, that can be really tough to talk about. There's so much conditioning. There's so much shame. There's so much Mm -hmm. guilt. So, yes. For some, though, that's actually easier than Mm -hmm. the vulnerability of heart. Interesting. And what you really need, want, or desire. So, it depends on the person, but it doesn't, it's the heart space and the sexual space that are the two toughest things to talk about because they're both really vulnerable. And yet, the vulnerability is the key to the intimacy. Mm -hmm. Great. Which is the ecstasy. The ecstasy. Joy, fun, pleasure, what people want. Really, exactly. People really want that. They're pleasure, wanting, craving machines. Yeah, yeah. And we, way, way, way too many people settle for so-so or even depressed. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be that way. What would you say, before we wrap up, what would you say to our single uh, listeners that aren't in a relationship, uh, what would you give them as advice? And I want to ask you one quick question too, two questions was, uh, 
is it what you're attracting in or is dating hard out there because there's a common conversation that dating is really hard? Yes, that gets in the way. So the common conversation that dating's hard, all the good ones are gone, the ones my age want the younger ones. There's so many stories. Mm-hmm. So yes, all that, whatever you tell yourself Social media, what you're going to Okay. So yes, there is that aspect. And mm-hmm. people keep trying. I'm going to keep getting out there. I'm going to keep trying to find that one. But we're not paying attention to the fact that what's going on in our own bodies is totally driving, energetically and emotionally. What's going on here is what's driving who's showing up in our lives. So in trying to go find, if you've been having those challenges as singles, it's probably time to come back and look at you and who you're being, how you're showing up, what your belief systems are, and get right with you. I call it activating soul love. We activate it here, and then it shows up out there. That's nice. so, activating, soul, activating soul love. You've been a great guest, by the way. I didn't have to ask you as many questions because you answered them, <laughs> which is perfect. <laughs> no, that was good. I was like, oh, we got that. Okay, good. Um, if people, besides the link, which we're, when we post the show, we put all the information on there, but uh, how can people reach out to you if, they want, if they're ready to work with you now? Yeah, absolutely. So send me a message at soul love at ecstatic intimacy. And if you are ready to dive in, activate soul love, have ecstatic intimacy, have ecstatic ecstasy, drop me a note and we will make sure that you and I speak. Great. Soul love at ecstatic intimacy. That is great. Well, thank you for being on the show. It seemed like it went by fast. That's so always good signs, right? Um, and uh, thank you for being on. If you guys want to reach out to Joanna and get a hold of her and uh, work with her, that'd be great. Keep your eyes and ears out for the show. Alt perform the show, but performing your best in business and life at five o'clock on weekdays. See you guys later. See you later. Thank you. Bye. Bye.